Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Sounds good. What's up, guys? All right, before we get started, um, as uh, Adrienne was going through the praises, she mentioned um, a, a birthday in there, but she also forgot to mention her own birthday, which is this week also. So if you guys can just take a few seconds and just give her a shout out for her birthday. Because um, if you don't know Adrienne, um, that's, that pretty much sums up the perfect representation of her is that um, she's not going to go out of her way to shout out anything about herself, which is awesome. But we, we need to do that for her, so that's... Uh, I want to do that. And then also, before we get started, um, can we just take a minute and just, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're kind of mellow this morning. Can we just shout down the Lord right now? Can we just give him a five-second praise break of just going nuts? Let's go. Come on. Let's go. That's good. All right. Well, we are continuing a series this morning called This Is Us. And Matt and Adrienne have been doing a great job so far in this series, uh, just highlighting things that are Takeover Church, um, kind of our DNA, the things that we want to be known for, the things that just make up our body of, of believers, and the things that we do to move forward and, and, and gain ground for the kingdom. So this morning, in that same series, going in that same vein, the title of my message is All Gas, No Break. All right? All Gas, No Break. Okay? And I've got some scripture that I'm going to read here. Um, but I'm coming out of Matthew 26, 36 through 46. Okay? And this takes place in the Garden of Gethsemane um, just before Jesus is arrested um, and eventually tried and, and crucified. Okay? So this is taking place just before then. But starting in verse 36, it says, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Well, let's pray, and then I'll kind of get into that a little more. 
Jesus, we thank you so much for another Sunday where we get to gather in your name, where we get to praise you. Lord, I pray that, uh, that this word would just be anointed for all of us, God. That you would speak through me in this moment and that we would just receive straight from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So all gas, no break, all right? Anybody in here a sports fan? Any sports fans at all? Anybody? Anybody like the NBA in particular? Couple? Got a few people? Matt, Matt, Matt alleges that he likes the NBA. I still have to witness that he actually likes it. Um, anybody? So for, the, for those of you in here that aren't fans of the NBA, can I at least assume that you've heard of a man named Kobe Bryant? Okay. Assume, especially with last year, everybody's... Everybody's heard of Kobe, okay? Uh, well, as a lot of you may already know, Kobe Bean Bryant is one of my favorite athletes, favorite basketball players of all time, okay? With him and Michael Jordan's pretty much one and one A, okay? That's kind of how I rate them. Um, and I've had the chance to see him play a couple times in person, which was awesome. Uh, but he is, you know, he, he was just, he was always one of my favorite players. Um, and don't worry, I'm not going to go off on uh, some tangent about his playing career or stats or anything like that. Um, but there's just two very significant dates in his life that I want to talk about this morning real quick as we get into this. Um, but the first date is April 13th, 2016, okay? Um, if anybody is a big fan of Kobe, you probably know that that was his last game that he ever played in the NBA, okay? Last time he suited up for the Los Angeles Lakers, um, the last time that he ever you know, laced up his sneakers and stepped onto a court at that level. Um, that was it. So I, I was able to, to watch that game. I kind of made sure that I was there. It actually um, fell on my birthday, so that was pretty cool. Um, great birthday present, getting to see an awesome game like that. Um, but in that game, he actually scored 60 points and just went out with a bang. Like, it was, it was crazy. It was awesome. And... The, the really cool thing about that, what made it such a special moment, is that everyone knew that that was going to be his last game, okay? Like, the Lakers were not good that year, so they were already out of playoff contention, so there was no chance he was going to get another game. Everybody knew this was it. So everybody that was a fan, that knew anything about the game, that wanted to make sure they watched, everybody was tuning in, um, just, just to make sure that they were able to, to see that. Which is really cool because, um, you know, most athletes aren't that lucky to be able to get that, like, to, to have that finality to know that that's their last game, okay? I mean, so, personally, my, uh, my basketball career, not quite as impressive as Kobe's. It's close, but not quite. Um, but in high school, I lost in a playoff game, and then I thought I was going to play in college, and that didn't work out. So I never had that chance like Kobe did to, like, know going into this, like, this is the last time that I'm ever going to be here in this spot. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I never had that. Most people don't have that opportunity. Um, so that was just very special that he got that. The second date in his life that I wanted to talk about as well is January 26th of 2020. Um, and that's the date that a lot of people probably, if you're not a basketball fan, probably heard about Kobe in the news. Um, but that's when um, him and his daughter Gianna and seven other people tragically passed away um, in a helicopter crash 
on the way to one of Gianna's games, okay? Um, now, the reason I bring both of these dates up is because the two events, I feel like, are, are very relatable and not necessarily in the exact details. Um, most people have probably never played the NBA or been in a helicopter like that. Um, but just in the way that life happens to all of us, um, that, that's how they're relatable. Um, because there are, there are events in, in our lives where, you know, we have planned out that this is going to be the end of a chapter or a season, and we're going to move on to the next thing, right? The, the moments that we've marked out that, you know, the next thing is coming, I'm stepping away from this, this one thing, and I'm going to the next thing. And then there are times that that change is really forced upon us. You know, we don't really have a, a choice. Uh, life just moves us to the next thing without much preparation. And then there are times when, um, you know, eventually we get to that point when that's, it's all done and it's all over. And, you know, that is the, the great and also scary thing about being a human sometimes is that nobody knows when that's going to be. You know, we just know that it will be at some point, but we don't know when that time is going to come. And please don't think this morning that I came prepared to just, like, be all, you know, death and sadness and everything. That's not, that's not what I'm, I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to just make everybody feel sad for the sake of feeling sad, all right? Um, there, there's a motive here. But my motive this morning is to get you to think about this. What if this is the last time? What if this is the last time? Because that question, we can apply that to, to so many areas of our lives, right? Um, and, you know, to be honest, when that, that thought came into my head a couple weeks ago, and I knew I was supposed to preach on it, 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 it wrecked me. Like, it shook me pretty hard. Um, because when it, how it relates to, to Kobe, the story that I just told, I mean, he knew that was the last game he'd ever play. So he literally gave everything he could because he knew that he would never, ever get that opportunity ever again. And I can only imagine what goes through your mind as you're in a helicopter that is failing. But I would assume if it was my mind that I would be kind of looking back and, you know, wishing that I had one more chance at a lot of things. And then it, that stirred more questions within me, and then I thought of this scripture, and it just made me think, how Peter and the boys must have felt that night in the garden, like just after that happened with Jesus. You know, uh, how do you think they felt when their best friend, their rabbi, asked them to stay awake in the garden and pray with him, and they fall asleep on him not only once but two times, and then he's arrested and he's hauled away and eventually he's murdered? I mean, I honestly, I can't even imagine how that would feel. Like, just having those thoughts in your head like, man, if I knew, if I knew this was the last night that I would have been with Jesus, I would have stayed up and I would have prayed with him all night. Like, I would have done whatever he asked if I knew this was the last time. Anything that he asked of me, I would have done it. So what if this is the last time? Because we take that for granted very easily, pretty much every day. And we're constantly looking ahead to the next thing, the next opportunity, the next payday, you know, the next weekend. We're always looking ahead to the next thing. But what if we took a step back and changed our perspective? What if the only opportunity that mattered 
was the one that was directly right in front of us that God was placing there? What if instead of working for the weekend, we started working to, to spread Jesus in our workplace? I don't know. I, th I think about that a lot because will you be back in that office tomorrow? I don't know. You think that you will. I think that I will be back in the office tomorrow. But what if I'm not? What if, what if that doesn't happen? What if, what if it's not? What would your legacy be at that job that you just left? If you never get to go back to that place again, what, would your coworkers even know about your God and about your relationship with him and the fact that he wants a relationship with them as well? Would they know that? Because let me tell you what, that is, that, that's your mission. That's your mission field. And those people that you work with are the mission. That's the whole purpose of being a Christian. That is the mission right there. So what if Friday was the last time that you ever stepped foot in that office and there was no, there was no Monday? You didn't get another conversation with them. Was the mission completed? That, that, that's a heavy question, I understand. But the same goes with your, your family. Your first church, your first ministry should always be your family. And I know that nobody ever likes to think about this because it sucks, but what if today was the last time? What if today was the last chance that you had to tell your kids, to tell your, your spouse, your siblings, your parents that Jesus wants a relationship with them, that Jesus loves them? What if, what if it was the last chance that you had? Um, I mean, even this morning, I mean, I'm sitting here with, with my daughter and, and we're in worship and, you know, I'm trying to worship and... She's doing what kids do, and she's like, I don't know what she's doing. She's like fidgeting around on her feet and like bumping into me and like almost knocking me over. And I'm just like getting frustrated. And I'm like, stand still, like stop, like we're trying to worship. But like what if that's the last chance that I get to worship with her? Like am I going to be upset that she's like fidgeting? No. No, I'm not going to take that for granted. Because there was one time I was, uh, somebody was talking about parenting, and they said, um, you know, in, in terms of, of being a parent, you're going to pick up your kid for the last time, but you're not going to know that it's the last time. Like, nobody ever thinks this is the last time I pick up my kid, but kids grow up. They get big, you know, but they become an adult. Your dad just doesn't come around and pick you up anymore. Most, most of the time, they don't. But, like, you don't think about that. Like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to pick up my kid. You don't think about that. But there will come a time when there is a conversation that you have with a family member that there's no conversation that happens after that. It'll be the last conversation you ever have with that person. Again, I know that it's, this is a heavy subject, all right, guys? I'm not just like trying to be up here and be sad for the sake of being sad. But this is a realization that creates urgency, Okay? Because the church at large for too long has been operating at like a ho-hum pace, kind of, you know, just moving along, dragging our feet, being bogged down with theological battles between denominations and, and political stuff that takes over services and doesn't mean anything. And there's been no sense of urgency when it comes to reaching people. Because that is what we are called to do. As takeover church... As Christians in this house, we must reach people. 
That's the whole purpose of this title, All Gas, No Break. Because there's no slowing down. There's no slowing down. We as the church, we are either gaining ground for Jesus and for, the, for his kingdom, and we're reaching more people, or we're, we're backing off and we're giving up ground to the kingdom of darkness. That's, it's that simple. There's no, there's no middle ground there at all. We're either moving forward or we're, we're having ground taken on us. That's what it is. But let me tell you, as I was thinking about this, I could not get over those disciples and the regret that they must have felt in that moment. And then, again, this is kind of how my brain works, like thoughts just pile on top of thoughts. So then the next one that came in my head was, what have I been called to do that I've been sleeping on? You know, what, uh, what has the Holy Spirit been prompting me to do that I have just been disregarding and, and sleeping through and not giving the attention that it deserves? Because the more I thought about it, the more it just, that list just kept growing of the things that, that I have not been, you know, keeping up my end of the bargain on and not having a sense of urgency in. And don't take this the wrong way either as like, oh, we are just like, we're terrible, we're not doing enough, like we're not where we're supposed to be, like that kind of thing. That's not how I'm trying to come off at all. I'm just using this realization as a wake-up call to all of us, myself included, that we can have no breaks when it comes to kingdom work, all right? We cannot put the brakes on when it comes to kingdom work, all right? There's no letting up. There is no resting when it comes to the people that do not know Jesus. That has to be our priority at all times. We must push as hard as we can to reach as many people as we can while we have the time to do it, and not just here in this building either everywhere that we go. And I, can, I, I already know the questions in people's heads, well, Pastor Scott, I'm only human. How am I never supposed to take my foot off the gas? You know, like I need to rest, like I'm only a human. Well, I'm glad you asked, thank you. Um, but I'm not saying that there's never a moment for rest or relaxation. What I am saying is that the, the most restful, relaxed moments, the experiences that, I've ha- that I have had are those moments when I'm resting in the Lord. When I'm resting and relaxing, I might be by myself or I might be with my family and friends, but I'm still resting in the Lord. I'm still praying. I'm still communicating with him. You know, I'm still seeking his will in every situation, even a relaxing situation, okay? And I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this because I'm not at all. I'm human, just like everybody else. I'm, I'm just like Peter. Sometimes I fall asleep. From, from time to time here, take my eyes off the prize, okay? It, it happens. But even, you know, if you're on a relaxing vacation, whatever the, whatever the situation is, you know, that's great. I love vacations. You're going on vacation, I'll go with you. I love going on vacation, all right? But what I found with my vacations is, in all honesty, a lot of times those environments are the best environments to have a conversation with somebody about Jesus when everybody's relaxed, when everybody's, you know, nobody's guard is up. Leave the perfect opportunity there. But those moments of rest and vacation should be the best time for you to be alone with Jesus as well, not just a, you know, a time where you completely ignore everything and then come back from vacation feeling depleted and, and more empty than you did before. Right? That's not how that should work. We should be resting in the Lord and coming back feeling invigorated from that time spent with him while relaxing. Because I think about when Jesus came back and found Peter and, and the other boys sleeping in the garden. And he said, so you could not watch with me for one hour. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then they proceeded to fall asleep again. But the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that right there tells me that I have the desire to do what is pleasing to the Lord. Now, I have the desire to pray and seek the things that he seeks, but my human nature is weak and it will fail me. That's what that is telling me. And I think the, the temptation there, when he says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, in this scenario, I think the temptation there is, is comfort. I think that's a huge temptation. The temptation of being comfortable will absolutely cripple you. It will destroy your growth as a follower of Jesus. Because the things that Jesus is going to push you to do are going to push you past being comfortable. Okay? So if you are continually seeking comfort, you're going to be actively going against what the Lord is trying to get you to do. Because he's not about you being comfortable. He's about you doing kingdom work. And I think for too long, the church and, and Christians at large have adopted this this Americanized version of reaching people. And we've limited it to Sundays and mission trips and definitely not when I'm on my own, you know, relaxing vacation time. Don't talk to me about that then, okay? Because it's, it's comfortable. I'm comfortable. Don't talk to me about that. But we have compartmentalized Jesus into just another thing on our to-do list because it's more comfortable that way. But let me tell you something. He is the to-do list. Jesus is the to-do list, okay? doesn't matter what is on that list. Every single thing on that list should be followed by the words for Jesus, okay? So you go to work for Jesus. You go to school for Jesus because there's a mission there. You have family time for Jesus because there's a mission there. You're going to the gym for Jesus. You're going out with coworkers after work for Jesus. Every scenario that you find yourself in, that should be... The, the mindset that we have. Who in this group needs his love? Whatever situation I'm in, you know, who, he, who is right here that ne- is in need of healing? Who needs me to pray over them? Who, who needs to know that Jesus is there for him or her? Who is it in this group that needs that, no matter what situation you're in? Being in that spot, that is a Christ-first mindset. And that's, that's how we have to be moving forward, is that, that Christ-first mindset. Worship team, you guys can make your way back up here. Um, but guys, if we, if we can change the way that we think about our relationship with Jesus and change our daily habits to be honoring of him in every situation, then in all honesty, we can change our city just by changing those things within ourselves. If, if I can move from, you know, going about my day with myself at the center and instead, if I place Christ at the center of that, there are going to be so many more opportunities that present themselves. And it's not because they weren't there before. It's because I wasn't looking for them. I wasn't paying attention to them being there. I mean, it's amazing what you can see when you're actually looking for it. Okay? Uh, I don't know if anybody here has ever gotten a new car or, like, you know, maybe not necessarily a new car, but, like, you've gotten a, a new car to you, and then all of a sudden you start to see that vehicle on the road everywhere. It's like this weird phenomenon that's like, oh, like, I didn't realize there were this many cars. The number of cars didn't change. 
It's the fact that you're used to this car, you see it every day, and now you're noticing it everywhere else because you're looking for it. It's the same thing with these Jesus opportunities that he's placing in front of you. The more that you're looking for them, the more that you're going to find them. Okay? I mean, seriously, just walk into a place in Grand Rapids like Madcap or Founders and just start looking for opportunities, and I guarantee you there will be an opportunity that comes your way just because you're searching it out and you're looking for it. And when you find that opportunity, think about what if this is the last time that I'm ever in this place? Chances are this is the last time that you and that person will ever be in the same place ever. The chances of you meeting somebody at a place like Madcap and then seeing each other again somewhere else, I mean, in our city, probably not very likely. Doesn't happen that often. So do not waste a single opportunity. Okay, that's my call today as much to me as it is to everybody else. Do not waste a single opportunity. Every day, act as though it's, it's the last day that you have on this planet to tell somebody that Jesus loves them. It's that simple. If that's the only thing that you take away from today, that's, I'm, I'm cool with that. It's just that sense of urgency. Because that's what we need to create is a sense of urgency. Because you, you guys want to know something cool? I'll bring this full circle here. If you want to know something cool about, um, about Kobe's last game, is his last season in the league, he took 16.9 field goal attempts per game. So almost 17 shots a game is what he was averaging. And he was averaging 17.6 points a game. Okay, I know I said I wasn't going to rattle off stats, but I'm going to give you some. But that, those were his averages, 17 shots, 17.6 points. In the final game against the Utah Jazz, when he knew that he would never get another chance ever, he took 50 shots, almost three times his average, and then he scored 60 points. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's how I want to go out. I want to go out like that. I want to be shooting every opportunity that I get and scoring 60 and not just walking through and, and being average and just hoping that opportunities come my way. I don't want that. I want to go out shooting. And that's what I want for Takeover Church as well. That's what I want us to be known for is just taking the shot. Just time after time after time taking the shot. When the opportunity presents itself, that there is somebody that needs to know that you're taking the shot. And you know what? The crazy thing with that is the number of shots that he missed went up. But also the total number of points that he scored went up too. So I know that it's scary sometimes when it's like, oh, what if this person shoots me down? Dude, they're gonna. Somebody's gonna. Like, it's, you're not gonna have 100% rate of success. Like, that just doesn't happen. But the more that you are extending that out to somebody and at least offering an invitation to know Jesus, more people are going to know Jesus. That's just how it works. So continue to step out in faith and just trust that the Lord is going to move on your behalf because that's what he's promised to do. And let's take ground with a sense of urgency. Okay, let's leave here taking ground with a sense of urgency. Because if this is the last time, if this is the last time that we get to gather in this house, 
How are you praising him in this last time? Are you giving him everything in this moment of worship here? Are you giving him all the praise you can possibly give him? That's how I want us to, to be to the world is just, man, these guys, they don't care. Like they just give everything all the time because that's who they are. They're continually going after it with a sense of urgency like it's the last time they're ever going to be able to do anything. So if you guys can just stand to your feet, we're going to go into another moment of worship here. And I just want that to be on the forefront of all of our minds is like, if this is the last time that I'm ever here, if this is the last time that I ever get to praise his name, then I'm going to do it like it's the last time. Like I'm going to do, give it with everything I got. All right, so let's just, let's lean into this moment and let's praise him like he deserves and let's leave this place with a sense of urgency and renewed focus and just taking ground for heaven. Does that sound good? Let's go, let's worship. <laughs> 